John 2. On the third day, a wedding took place in Cana of Galilee. Jesus' mother was there, and Jesus and his disciples were invited to the wedding as well. When the wine ran out, Jesus' mother told him, They don't have any wine. What has this concern of yours to do with me, woman? Jesus asked. My hour has not yet come. Do whatever he tells you, his mother told the servants. Now six stone water jars had been set there for Jewish purification. Each contained 20 or 30 gallons. Fill the jars with water, Jesus told them. So they filled them to the brim. Then he said to them, Now draw some out and take it to the head waiter. And they did. When the head waiter tasted the water after it had become wine, he did not know where it came from, though the servants who had drawn the water knew. He called the groom and told him, Everyone sets out the fine wine first, then after people are drunk, the inferior. But you have kept the fine wine until now. Jesus did this, the first of his signs, in Cana of Galilee. He revealed his glory and his disciples believed in him. After this, he went down to Capernaum, together with his mother, his brothers, and his disciples, and they stayed there only a few days. The Jewish Passover was near, and so Jesus went up to Jerusalem. In the temple, he found people selling oxen, sheep, and doves, and he also found the money changers sitting there. After making a whip out of cords, he drove everyone out of the temple with their sheep and oxen. He also poured out the money changers' coins and overturned the tables. He told those who were selling doves, Get these things out of here. Stop turning my father's house into a marketplace. And his disciples remembered that it is written, Zeal for your house will consume me. So the Jews replied to him, What sign will you show us for doing these things? Jesus answered, Destroy this temple, and I will raise it up in three days. Therefore the Jews said, The temple took 46 years to build, and you will raise it up in three days? But he was speaking about the temple of his body. So when he was raised from the dead, his disciples remembered that he had said this, and they believed the scripture and the statement Jesus had made. While he was in Jerusalem during the Passover festival, many believed in his name when they saw the signs he was doing. Jesus, however, would not entrust himself to them, since he knew them all, and because he did not need anyone to testify about man, for he himself knew what was in a man. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. John's gospel is action-packed, but it doesn't necessarily tell Jesus' story in chronological order. John's goal was to point out that Jesus is God. In today's reading, John gave us two bookends on Jesus' life and ministry, starting with Jesus' first miracle, and then it seems he fast-forwards three years to the last week of Jesus' life. Turning water into wine is widely recognized as Jesus' first public miracle. By this point in his life, his mother seemed to know what he was capable of. So when a problem arose at a wedding, she asked him for help. His response seems harsh in English, but in Aramaic, the language he spoke, it wasn't disrespectful at all. It was common to address a female as woman, and his question, what does this have to do with me, actually translates more to something like, you and I don't need to get involved with this. Jesus operated in a way that was measured and intentional. When and where he displayed his power and in front of whom was important. The Father had a timeline for the revealing of Jesus as the Messiah, and Jesus was sticking with it. However, when Mary saw that Jesus didn't refuse the request, she told the servants to do whatever he said. Then Jesus turned the water into roughly 600 to 900 bottles worth of wine. Then, John jumps forward to the last week of Jesus' life. Jesus was in Jerusalem for the Jewish celebration of Passover. The city was packed with people from all over Israel, as well as the people who came to make money off all the tourists. It was a standard practice to sell animals outside the temple because it provided a service to the tourists who were either too poor to have their own animals 
or who didn't want to cart their animals to Jerusalem. So the problem with the animal salesmen wasn't necessarily that they were selling animals. The problem seemed to be twofold. First, they were selling them inside the temple complex instead of outside it, which meant that they were disrupting a space that was supposed to be peaceful. And second, they were almost certainly price-gouging the tourists, which meant they were being greedy in the very place that most represented God's generosity. The temple was the place where a holy God came to dwell in the midst of his sinful people. These salesmen were defying that space. So Jesus made a whip. He didn't just use a whip, he made it. Then he drove these salesmen out of the temple with it. He hated what was happening. And since we hate things that oppose what we love, that shows us that he loved the place where God in his holiness came to dwell with mankind. Then, in the next paragraph, Jesus compared his own body to that place. While the temple is the place where God came to dwell with mankind, Jesus himself is also that in a much realer sense. And the locals had no respect for either. Not for the temple, not for the Messiah. In fact, these events in the temple took place a few days before Jesus went to the cross. In today's reading, Jesus used a whip. And just a few days later, they used a whip. Both whips go to show us that they didn't get it. They missed the truth. How heartbreaking for them that they couldn't see his divinity and that they couldn't see he's where the joy is. I'm Tara Lee Cobble, and you're listening to the He's Where the Joy Is podcast presented by LifeWave.